Welcome to One Hit Blunders. I am your host, Matt Gasper. And I am also your host, Cameron Fontaine. And this is the show that you know and love for five episodes now. Uh, We don't need to explain it. That's the threshold. Five episodes and you don't have to explain it anymore. Pro podcaster, somebody said that. Which I think is exactly what we said at episode three as well. Yep. (laughs) that's fine we're good you know what's up you know the drill you guys know the drill there are wonders and sometimes that's all they got yep and then there are blunders and sometimes (laughs) everything they do is shit sometimes uh just like the last episode the song itself is shit in (laughs) retrospect and (laughs) their entire output is just garbage. yeah you guys haven't even heard that one yet although by the time you hear this you probably might have heard that one yeah by the time you hear this we we hope that you have heard the last episode other like why are you skipping around why are you starting with episode five go back to one there's a story you need to follow the there's a through line We've been putting clues into place, just like the hit NBC mystery Push Nevada, and there will be a million dollar prize for whoever can uh, put all the clues together and solve the murder. Yep. If you solve the murder, you get a million dollars. Fun fact about Push Nevada, because my parents were like really in... Oh, it was an ABC drama, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um so it ran for seven episodes mm-hmm. uh, before it was canceled, <laughs> and um, so uh, they didn't have the means to put out the rest of the clues um, <laughs> to solve the mystery. Uh, so they had like a commercial with the the main character like frantically sort of like talking to the camera. He's like, they're coming for me. They're coming for me. There's no time. Here are the rest of the clues. (laughs) And he had just like a piece of paper with all the clues written on it. And um, like the first person to call this uh, phone number by like putting the clues together somehow, won a million dollars. And uh, it was some like 24-year-old from New Jersey who ended up winning. Wow. I did, I did not even know that this was a thing. I have never heard of this in my life. <laughs> uh, guess what? It was created by Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Aha! It makes so much sense now. <laughs> yep. Uh, I remember thinking it was cool, but I was also 12. Ah. So. Yeah. Yeah. What was it about, even? Was this, like, spy shit, or what? It was kind of like a low-rent Twin Peaks Ah. because it was like FBI agent in... Well, actually, it's an IRS agent. (laughs) Wow, even lower rent. Yeah, I'm on the the wiki right now. Um, (laughs) And it's just like, everyone in this town is weird and he has to put together the mystery of what's going on. Yeah, because he's investigating a sizable accounting error made by a casino. Oh, boy. 12-year-old me thought it was cool. My parents apparently thought it was cool (laughs) enough to keep watching it, but 
they're also like way into Big Bang Theory. Mm. So yeah, well, can't really trust their taste then, can we? Sorry, mom. And Bazinga. Dad. It's not my kind of humor. Bazinga. <laughs> That's okay. To each their own. Yep. Not gonna yuck any yums. Yeah, yeah. But I will pass judgment on music. Yes, indeed, we will. So what did we listen to this week, you might ask? Well, I've got the answer for you in the form of a Metallica song. Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. That's a Metallica song. That's not the song that we listened to. It was by a band called Fuel. <laughs> the, cl- the clues were hidden in there the whole time. Which is kind of what I was going together. for. <laughs> there was a little coded message there. Um... But yeah, so we listened to um, the the song, which initially thought that Fuel was a one-hit wonder um, from the 90s. I was a little bit off on both accounts uh, there. So um, the song that we chose was Hemorrhage, um, In My Hands, parentheses, In My Hands, um, which is the song that I know by them. But it turns out I actually also know like two other songs by them because they were they got some some radio play when I was in um, middle school, high school kind of kind of area. But um, yeah, so I was I was wrong on a lot of accounts here because this album's from 2000. Also, it's not from the 90s. Although their first <laughs> their first single is from like 98. Um, so I was kind of right, but also kind of very wrong. So, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I was I was gonna bring this up because um, when uh, when I pulled them up on Spotify, I noticed there was a song that was higher in the uh, in the popular mm-hmm. rankings by like nine million plays. Yeah, uh, which is Shimmer, their first yeah. single or their first like big hit single. Yeah. Yeah, I listened to that, and I'm like, hey, I know yep. this song. I, <laughs> that was my reaction to that, too. I was like, Shimmer, I don't know that. Oh, no, I do know that song. <laughs> yeah, I know that song from just, like, the only non-country radio station uh, in my town growing up. Mm-hmm. So I guess, technically, this is a two-hit wonder. Yeah, or something like from, that. Yeah, from listening to their popular songs and like from what I knew out of it from radio play or whatever, mm-hmm. um, might technically be a two hit wonder. That's okay. I, I don't think it disqualifies us from no continuing no. this episode. Now we're going to probably look at some stuff in the course of this podcast that you could argue was not a, a one or even two hit blunder. I, I'm just, I'm just willing to bet at some point in time we'll pull out something and somebody will be like, no, they had a lot of hits. I don't know why our listeners sound like that, but they do. They sure do. <laughs> you know, I, I guess that could be said about, like, Chumbawamba, yeah. our first episode. Exactly. Like, they had a following. They put out 13 albums. Yeah. But also, by and large, like, everybody knows one song. I get knocked down. But I get up again. You're never going to bring no, me down. never. But that's not what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about um, the song Hemorrhage off of the album Something Like Human by Fuel. Well, 
let's start with hemorrhage, uh, parenthesis, in my hands. Um, initial thoughts on this song or any any kind of recollection of the song before we did this? Yeah, so my knowledge of it came from a Buzz Ballads commercial. <laughs> I uh, thought so. <laughs> um, where... Uh, where they just like play the two second clip that's like leave the bleeding in my hand yeah. in my hand. <laughs> yep. So um, I'll I'll like uh, edit that so that the actual song <laughs> is playing instead of my actually do both. <laughs> have you my shit just rendition. have you singing over the clip of the song? <laughs> um, so that's that was uh, my primary like exposure to this song um but it's just like one of those things it it was those buzz ballad commercials were on all the time on cable like in middle school high school and so i'd listened to that three seconds of the song probably (laughs) a couple hundred times and um no it was cool to listen to uh the whole song finally Mm -hmm. um (laughs) yeah felt really to me uh sort of general uh post grunge uh kind of hard rock mm-hmm. of the early 2000s vibe yeah. yeah definitely um yeah i mean for me i it was on had big rotation on the radio when i was younger um probably you know 2000 so would have been middle school to high school i would have had some radio play my mom always listened to a hard rock station so this was probably uh this was right up their alley and i know that this song in particular was pretty popular um i don't know how it charted i'm sure though that um our friend wikipedia could tell us how it charted um uh let's see nope it Sure <laughs> it's not telling me how it charted. <laughs> what? Uh, um, wait, uh, it was number one in the. Uh, it was number one for twelve weeks on the U.S. Modern Rock Tracks. There chart. you go. And number uh, six alternative rock of the past twenty-five years in twenty thirteen by Billboard. Billboard's number five rock song of the decade. All right. So yeah. Um, it was also uh, it also appeared on the game Karaoke Revolution presents American Idol Encore. In case Hell yeah. you wondered, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I do uh, I do definitely have memories of hearing the song, and I was familiar with it. I was the one who suggested it um, just because I fell into a weird '90s hole this weekend um of just listening and watching youtube videos of 90s alternative rock music videos and such and this kind of showed up on one of the uh one of the playlists that i was listening to and i was like oh yeah that's also why i assumed it was like a 90s thing because i just remembered from a long time ago and it was on this 90s playlist but yeah didn't yeah (laughs) not not right not right about any of that I don't have much to say about this no. song. I mean, it is pretty generic, like, 90s alternative... or Yeah, like, late 90s, early 2000s alternative rock. Um, and it 
kind of there's a, also a an acoustic version of the song on on the album at least on the the version I listen to on Spotify there is and um I they actually used to play that on the radio as well um the the from the uh, expanded album um as it was titled um so I remember that version of it i think more than the actual version of it (laughs) i think that's also part of where the confusion came into and uh yeah so that was um that added a little bit of confusion into the mix sort of dovetailing into our high points Mm -hmm. uh for the album something like human Mm -hmm. because on on spotify they have the uh i think by default it's the extended version yeah i don't know that they have just Uh, the, uh, the the studio version yeah, I'm scrolling through it right now. It doesn't look like they do. And I would actually say, like, my highlight of the album is the last three tracks. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Which is uh, Hemorrhage, parenthesis, in my hands, parenthesis, acoustic version. <laughs> uh, which I kind of liked a little bit more than, um, than like the album version. Like electric version, yeah. Yeah, um, it's a very emotional song. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, like, reading about how the song was written and about the song, um, you know, it was an experience with his uh, his grandma um, being diagnosed with cancer and, like, the end of her uh, run uh, in this life. And, um, like, his sort of, you know, dealing with mm-hmm. that, trying to deal with real emotions in, like, a post-grunge electric screamy thing yeah um, it seems sort of i don't want to say ingenuine uh if that's even a yeah. word but um it's it, it doesn't seem like a um a thoughtful way to go about mm-hmm. it it seems more like lashing out and then the acoustic version of that um i feel felt more um like it conveyed the emotions yeah, of what I think he was experiencing was, a little more. It's a little bit more raw, I think, is is the way I would use it. Because you know, when you when you strip mm-hmm. a song down like that, and it's just you know acoustic guitar and um, you know maybe some other you know some other instruments, but when you when you make it acoustic, it just it just feels more more real, more raw. Um, and when you're dealing with those kind of harsh emotions, sometimes that's the best way to go. Um, Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I'd agree. I really like the acoustic version of it. Um, and I think that since I definitely did hear it on the radio, I know that the local hard rock station here in Milwaukee, which uh, used to be called Laser 103, but then they changed to the infinitely better 1029 The Hog. Um, they... Uh, they used to play that song a lot uh, because that's the song. Uh, that's the station that my mom used to listen to, and um, they play that acoustic version as well as they used to play acoustic versions of from the um, from the Nirvana Unplugged um, on MTV. So I, I remember mm. uh, hearing like both kind of versions of of a couple songs. So um, yeah, I definitely remember this song, and it was another kind of thing that kind of this the the acoustic version of this song sounds a little bit more like um a little bit more like a 90s kind of classic as opposed to like the post grunge kind of you know hard rock the hard hitting rock which the rest of this album kind of sounds like to me it's very very kind of hard rock in the um when i looked up 
information about the band because I didn't know like really anything about Fuel. One of their associated acts is Shine Down, and when I first and that was before I listened to the album. So then when I listened to the album, that made a lot more sense to me. And one of their one of their members actually went on to play for Shine Down um, for a while, um, and that makes that makes a lot of sense to me now. Um, but at first, it didn't make it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But yeah, this definitely has more of a metal ish kind of feel, hard rock metal almost. Um, but yeah, I guess for my high point of the album, since we're since we're jumping into that, I would say my my high point of the album was another one of their singles uh, called "Bad Day." I like that song, and that's another one that I remember yeah. hearing on the radio too. Um, but it was it's a pretty good song, um, and I think it was their second or third single off of that album. I wanted to bring that up too because I couldn't decide if it was a a high point or a low point that wasn't really a low point because I still enjoyed the song Um, because it is drastically different from everything else on the album. Yeah, it is. Um, But um, yeah, I mean, it's a good, it's a good song. Uh, I, I just like, as I was listening through the entire thing, I was kind of trying to figure out, like, what exactly, because, like, the first the first song last time is kind of, it's a little bit uh, hard-hitting, and it was not what I was expecting, kind of caught me off guard, and then song number two is Hemorrhage, so I was like, okay, now we're back in the place where, our, where I, where I, you know, where I think I belong here with this, with this band, and then there was another two kind of, like, harder-hitting songs, and then Bad Day came on, and I was like, actually, I know this one, too. This one was on the radio, so I kind of know this. So it's kind of like a recentering moment um, as you kind of went down um, the the uh, the album. But yeah, it was a, it's a good song. I like it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it because it sounds... Uh, I mean, it doesn't really sound much like the rest of the album, but it's it's more of a... It's more of an alternative rock song and less of a hard rock song, I think. Um, it doesn't it doesn't sound as as post grunge like hard rock metal as the rest of the album. That maybe sums up my like highlight feelings of um, Fuel is that I think they're best when they're not trying to sound like themselves yeah. in a way. Uh, so like Bad Day is uh, drastically different, a lot slower, a lot more thoughtful than uh, a lot of the other stuff on the album, everything else on the album. Um, the acoustic version of Hemorrhage is great. And also like the the last two tracks in the deluxe edition um, covers of Daniel um, by Elton John and Going to California uh, by Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. Those were pretty good covers, and I, like, maybe it was because they were songs written by much better musicians, (laughs) Um, or, like, maybe just because it was such a sort of departure from the rest of their output on this album, but, um, you know, I I really dug the last three tracks, Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's where they shined the most. Yeah. I think they're I for me personally I think their singles are are where they where they shined which to me is such a hallmark of of a lot of 90s early 2000s bands. I feel like I, I don't know if it's just because of CDs or because of 
uh, like the music industry and a lot of changes in the music industry. But I, I feel like the 90s was definitely a time where um, rock bands in particular were not as concerned about uh, the album as a whole and were thinking much more about um, kind of the, you know, the getting the hits that would get a lot of radio play. And I think Fuel was actually really good at doing this. Um, and, you know, another band from the 90s that was really good at doing this was Bush. They, like, their whole first album is just all of their hits, basically. It's just like they made a whole album that's just, like, engineered for radio play. Um, and I think that Fuel kind of was leaning that way. Not to say that this album was bad. I didn't think this album was bad. Um, I thought that this album... I'm, I'm somebody who likes the kind of hard rock post-grunge stuff. I, I was... I grew up in that kind of, you know, that that context. So uh, it really kind of resonates with me. But I think that Fuel really, really hit it best on their, on their singles, which not uncommon for a band of this time period. Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned Bush, and I was trying to like kind of peg what they what their sound is kind mm-hmm. of like all in all. And yeah, it, it in a lot of their output, um, it felt like a lot of Bush and um, kind of like a heavier Pearl Jam, yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the stuff that um, was in that early two thousands era, that kind of all. Sounded the same. Uh, that um, yeah, it was it. If not for the singles, they would have just like kind of drowned in with with the rest of the bands of that mm-hmm. era. Um, which I guess like, do you have any low points of the album really, I, or something that was? Yeah, like, I, I didn't really. I mean, Mike. My low point of the album wouldn't be a singular part of it. I think it would be that um, overall, you know, the singles really hit it home for me and really did it for me. And the rest of the songs weren't bad, but they also weren't that memorable. So I think the low point is that they don't have a whole lot of substance outside of their singles um, and outside of their covers, which I thought was pretty good, except I don't really like Led Zeppelin, so I didn't really, I mean... It's a cover of an okay song in my in my book, but um, yeah, it's like a good cover of an okay song, <laughs> which can only turn out to be okay. Um, but you know, uh, overall, I, I I didn't think that I just thought it was unremarkable, and I think that that would be my low point is that I could come out of it with having you know two pretty solid singles, um, including like an acoustic version of one of those singles that's even better than the original. And still think that the album's only okay. I think that's about exactly where I'm at, too, is, like, the only negative thing I can say about them is that it uh, a lot of stuff kind of, like, fell into the background except for Hemorrhage, Bad Day, and, you know, the covers yeah. at the end. Which, yeah, I mean, if it, nothing stood out as bad it's not like fountains of wayne where it's like okay they're trying to chomp the flavor of like every top artist in yeah, every musical say, genre literally and every doing genre a bad job at yeah. all of it um but i i also wanted to point this out not as uh 
like a positive or a negative actually but um i did discover when uh looking at uh the band and what they've done uh they were part of the make america rock again tour hmm. uh that started in august of 2016 and i was trying to find out like if there were any political leanings in yes this. Because the lineup was... Uh, so here's here are the highlights of the yeah. lineup. Alien Ant Farm, Drowning Pool, okay. Fuel, P.O.D., okay. Puddle of Mud, Jesus. Saving Abel, Trapped. I, I don't think there are political leanings. I think that's just like a, a 90s hard rock reunion. Um, <laughs> or, or late, late 90s, a- early 2000s. Like... Let's 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 do this hard rock thing again. Let's try it again. See how that works. And that's exactly um, what the uh, promoters described it as. Uh, the promoters felt that hard rock had been considered an underground genre for the past well... decade, and maybe <laughs> if they had a number of bands who had some mainstream success um... in the two thousands get together and go out on one big tour, it would rejuvenate the rock genre, bring back interest. To rock artists and make America rock again. Right, well, yeah. yeah, I'm just glad they didn't include Three Doors Down on that on that ticket uh, <laughs> because they're like the only band to play Trump's inauguration, and that would have made it bad. Um, but no, I, I, yeah, that's. Um, I mean, I agree with them with that hard rock kind of fell out of favor. Um, being somebody who used to listen to a lot of it, um, but. Not not entirely, because I mean, like, um, Stone Sour's been doing pretty well, I guess. They just came out with a new album, and, you know, there's there's some other bands like Five Finger Death Punch and stuff that are doing pretty well. I think just, like, this whole kind of genre, uh, that, that kind of in-between, you know, you're not metal, and you're not, like, grunge, so you're kind of in-between, um... I think that this kind of fell out because people wanted to go like one way or the other. Um, but there, I think there's still people who listen to a lot of this kind of stuff. Oh, for sure. And I mean, like, uh, like as far as bigger names, like Foo Fighters are oh, still yeah. around. They're still doing stuff. Queens of the Stone yeah. Age. Uh, Pearl Jam is still. Oh, yeah. Well, Pearl Jam's I, more grunge, but yeah, they're. I mean, they're still right. their newer stuff is definitely more in the in the kind of in between things. Although. Lightning Bolt was a was a pretty good album. I like that one. Yeah, so I mean, I there's still a there's still an audience for this, and there's still bands that are doing well. And well. Fuel is still active. Just... They're still doing stuff. Um, so yeah, I noticed that. So yeah, they're. I mean, yeah, they're. Uh, I don't know their last their last album was 2016, so last year, um, but. Yeah, I mean, I didn't listen to it. <laughs> listen to listen to a couple other songs because I wanted to hear some of their other stuff. But yeah, so do you want to? You want to head over to come up with a verdict? Yeah, you want to head over to Discog's corner first. Yeah, let's let's go to the corner. Let's go record shopping right. first, and then we can pass yeah. judgment. Yeah. Okay. So uh, this week's Discog's corner, uh, I found a vinyl seven inch of their first uh, single, Shimmer, which Matt and I both realized we knew uh after afterward um the uh the the art is the a picture of the band in what appears to be an eclipse kind of thing going on um 
Uh, which is yeah. pretty badass. Um, and it's uh, the A side is Shimmer, the B B side is a song called Sunday Girl, which I don't know if that where that's from, <laughs> but uh, it might be a B. I mean, it might be a true B side in that it didn't make it onto either of those albums. Um, but if you want this, you can get it for fifteen dollars over at Discogs. So it's yeah, the U.S. and it was released in '98. So. Back when people weren't even buying vinyl. Uh. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. We we had talked about this a little bit before hitting the record mm-hmm. button, and uh, I, I said I would reserve uh, my exposure to this until we were actually recording. Mm-hmm. But, boy, that is a 90s-ass photo. Yeah. It definitely like set is. into the eclipse. I can't tell if the the bald guy in front, because there are two bald men in the yep. band. I can't tell if the one in front is wearing glasses or not. Uh, yeah, it looks like he or is. Or if that's, yeah, I couldn't tell if it was that or if there's just like a weird shadow on his face and they're all looking thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Bald guy in the back is just like looking. He's not up even looking at the camera the left. Yeah. He's too cool yeah, for that. Actually, the two bald guys are not looking at the camera, and the other two guys are looking at the camera in that kind of serious kind of... Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 yeah, that, that's the only thing I could use to describe that. That, like, tiger beat, like, hey, girl. Hey. Yeah, basically. Um, but, yeah, do you want to render a verdict on this album? I sure do. All right. I'm actually gonna say that fuel was a wonder you know they had their hits that were hits but also like i listened to you know the full album uh which nothing stood out as like outright bad so i guess that's my metric if it's not like outright bad (laughs) it must be good but um you know when they when they hit they really hit and when they didn't it was just sort of like decent background yeah it's still something i would listen to in the background yeah yeah, it was decent background rock, and um, as far as our metric goes, I think that is kind of wonderful. Mm-hmm. But no, uh, I I enjoyed listening to this. I listened to uh, Shimmer a handful of times in the past, like two three days. <laughs> I, did I listened too. to <laughs> a Bad Day and yeah. Hemorrhage a, a few times in the past yeah, few yeah. days. So, and I enjoyed that. I listened to it because I wanted to. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I'm gonna say they were. A wonder. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you on this one. I I also think they're a wonder, and I, and I think that if I listen to this album a couple more times, I might pick out some more songs that I like. You know, some things that would probably stand out about some of these songs. You know, if I actually you know take the time to take another listen or two of the album, I'm sure some things would start to jump out at me just because that's kind of how I consume music. Um, as I, mm-hmm. I just tend to pick up on these things. And um, I think that there's some talented guys, you know, I, and it really shows in the, in their singles that, like, they've got this kind of infectious thing that gets in, you know, it gets in your head and you can't, like, I had I had Shimmer in my head for, for a couple of days, so I listened to it, you know, like a handful of times just because, like, it's a good song. And, you know, Hemorrhage is a good song, too. Um, so, yeah, uh, overall, I think, you know they're talented. Their their covers and their and their singles definitely show that they're a talented band. So I'm gonna I'm gonna call them a wonder, probably a hidden gem. That if somebody does like hard rock and they haven't listened to a whole lot of these guys, I'd tell them to go give them a listen to. Especially if they're if they're one of those people who's like, man, this genre is kind of like gone. I'd be like, well, maybe go listen to these guys because they're still doing stuff, and uh, I think it's probably right up your alley. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I think that's the first time in a while we've really agreed on something positive. Yeah, Because, yeah. boy, if you haven't listened to our uh, <laughs> Stacy's Mom episode, go go back one and uh, pull that up. Yeah. Oh, Ugh. boy. Hey. I, I, you know, I can't even count the... Well, I probably could count the amount of showers I've taken since we recorded that episode, and it's still not enough. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we'll only move past it once we forget <laughs> it, but at least at least we're on the right track. Uh, fuel fuel set us... Yeah. Fuel's, fuel's going to get us to where we're, we need to be. G- good one. <laughs> well, for one hit blunders, I've been Cameron Fontaine. And I have been, and always will be, Mac Asper. Go thump a tub. Thump it.